we all have some idea about wisdom. Even if I were to ask a small child, the child will give us an answer. But today I would request all of us to put on our thinking cap and let's wait till the end of the sermon before we come to any conclusion. Now, even before we answer this question of wisdom, it's good for us to know what wisdom is not. In our culture, we often equate wisdom with brain power or academic qualifications. If somebody does a stupid action, people will say he has no brain. But wisdom is not equivalent to education. Our university degrees do not make us wise. Wisdom is much more than education. And when we read the Bible, Bible says we must search for wisdom as for gold. Why should we search for wisdom as for gold? You know, wisdom helps us to deal with our day-to-day -day issues. It helps us to know what to do when our child comes home from school crying. Wisdom helps us what to do when we receive a huge bonus. Wisdom helps us how to deal with our life when we lose our job. Wisdom helps us when we are diagnosed with a serious sickness. For that matter, as we are going through this COVID-19, wisdom helps us to negotiate through this difficult situation. In other words, wisdom helps us not to make things worse. Wisdom helps make life better. Interestingly, we all would prefer to be simply told what to do through some inner voice. I'm having this issue. If only I hear an inner voice, that will be so nice. I'm facing this challenging situation. If I hear an inner voice, it'll be so good. Now, for most of us, better than inner voice, it'll be better that we are, a, we are given a book containing specific guidelines for specific situations. Today, I'm facing a situation. I open my book. I see what I'm required to do. This is our preference. But this is not God's preference. What God says is, God calls each one of us to grow into a wise person who knows what to do. Now, in our life, some decisions in our life require only specific, accurate information. If I want to make certain decisions for certain issues, all I need is specific, accurate information. If I have this, I can do it. For example, I'm sick. 
So I go to doctor and doctor prescribes some medicines. All I need is specific instructions. What medicine I should buy and when should I take, how should I take? That's all I need. If I have this information, that will take care of my situation. Now, let me give you another example. You have surplus of money. All you need to know is information about investment portfolios. Where should you invest? How long you should invest? And why should you invest? Will I get best returns or not? Now, for these kind of decisions, all that we need is some specific accurate information. Now, some decision in our life require only compliance of rules. For example, you are on the road driving your car. All that you need to know is traffic rules. Just compliance of traffic rules. Now, I am faced with a temptation whether to commit adultery or whether to commit theft or not. The biblical commands are very clear. You shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. It's very simple. The commands are clear. What I need to do, what I need to know, it is there. So it is very difficult, it's very easy uh, for me. But no Bible verse will tell us exactly whom to marry. Bible only lays out principles. And the idea that God has created a particular person for me is a wrong notion. Uh, this wrong notion is comforting to many of us. So I would not like to touch on this. But the Bible does not, the Bible verse does not tell us exactly whom to marry. There are principles, as I said. Uh, the, now, no Bible verse will tell us exactly which job to take. No Bible verse will tell us whether you have to move from one place to another place or whether you have to remain in the same place. Now, in all these cases, though the Bible verse does not specifically tell us anything, if we make a wrong decision, life is going to be disastrous. We all know that. So John Ortberg says, there is a simple reason that God has put Proverbs in the Bible. It is because we are stupid. Let's face it. We all do dumb stuff, don't we? Proverbs can help us become wiser in many ways. This is not my words. This is John Ortberg's word. So what is wisdom? What is wisdom? The Hebrew word chokmah for wisdom includes not only doing the right things, but much beyond that. Now, wisdom 
helps me to make right choices even when there are no clear laws, moral laws or instructions on that. Wisdom helps me to make right choices. So it's important for us to understand the meaning of this word hokma. What is this hokma? In the book of Proverbs, surrounding this word hokma, we have many near synonyms, we can call it, many near synonyms. In the early verses of Proverbs, that throw much light on what wisdom is. We are going to see the near synonyms for the word wisdom. So the first synonym for wisdom is discipline. To an Indian mind, the word discipline only brings to memory instances of physical punishment. You know, you, the moment you hear the word discipline, you think about an incident when your teacher asked you to kneel down or she caned you or she asked you to get out of the class or whatever it is. So the physical punishment is what comes to our mind first. But in the Bible, discipline is explained differently. We don't discipline our children only by beating them then what is meant by discipline? In the Hebraic understanding or in the Jewish understanding, discipline consists of two components. The first one is training. Proverbs 1, 1 to 2 says, the Proverbs, Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction. Now the underlined word instruction, the Hebrew word musar for instruction means training. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel for gaining wisdom and training. Now wisdom cannot be possessed without instruction. We cannot have wisdom without instruction. Now, the authoritative instructors, they may be parents, teachers, godly friends, as well as God and experience. Now, I'm not going to uh, refer to all the Proverbs, but I've given the references. You can make a note of it and you can refer to it later. Now, wisdom comes through the pain of personal confrontation by godly friends, not by friends, by godly friends. You can read it in Proverbs 27, 5. We also gain wisdom from learning from our own mistakes. That's there in Proverbs 26, 11. And we also learn wisdom from the suffering that God allows into our lives. That is there, Proverbs 3, verses 11 to 12. Now, I will only focus on 3, 11 to 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord 
disciplines those he loves. As a father, the son, he delights. If you spend little time on this verse, you can see the, you can see in this verse, you know, it, it, it involves both our willpower as well our emotions. My son, do not despise. You know, it's and the Lord's discipline and do not resent. It's talking about our emotions and it is talking about our willpower. Uh, when God corrects us, we have to use both our willpower and emotions to receive it. And many of us can testify that we have grown in our wisdom when we had gone through difficult times. As we went through difficult times, we have also grown in our wisdom. Proust, one of the commentators on the book of Proverbs wrote, wisdom can be discovered only after a journey through the wilderness, which no one can make for us, which no one can spare us. Now, sometimes protective parents, even after children have grown up, they try to protect their children. But God has a plan for those children, grown-up children, for them to grow in the wisdom. He allows them to go through the wilderness. And parents go and they are a stumbling block from God working in the lives of grown-up children. So wisdom can be discovered only after a journey through the wilderness which no one can make for us, which no one can spare us. So training is an essential component of discipline. The second component of discipline is correction. Teaching should always be accompanied with correction. Correction is basically is the need to set things right. Now, Biblical correction always presupposes an educational purpose. Listen to this carefully. Biblical correction always presupposes an educational purpose and is never used to refer to the correction of animals. Parents, please stop beating your children like animals. That is not biblical wisdom. Biblical wisdom always talks about uh, educational purpose. So correction should be always brought about by way of verbal persuasion rather than physical persuasion. Because physical persuasion is easier for us. Parents, fathers, they tend to beat their children because they don't have the patience to sit and reason with their children. Parents should always sit with their children and appeal to their reasoning and conscience. In an Indian context, let me appeal to fathers. Fathers, sit with your children and appeal to their reasoning and conscience. Father's role is not beating. Father's role is to sit with their children and reason out with them. Because in Isaiah 118, God says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. 
if you want to model heavenly father to your children you have to sit with your children and reason with them children need discipline they are not going to receive it on a happy note they may rebel they may resist but an undisciplined child will have a miserable life so discipline is very important and when we talk about discipline we should always keep in mind training have i trained my child have i corrected my child that is discipline in other words have i modeled my life you know you cannot train somebody if you don't model that to your children so we need to first imbibe the required qualities before we want to impart it to our children so children will become wise when you impart discipline to your children they will become wise they will give up their impulsiveness they'll be careful they will examine they will think children are smart children are very wise you know as an athlete becomes physically competent only after rigorous training you can never say an athletic an athlete can just come to the ground and run but it's only after rigorous training in the same way wisdom also comes to us only after rigorous training wisdom will not come in a easy way it is a hard one gift that we all should aspire for the you know when i said children i don't know how many of you interact with your children after they come after attending the children church uh, i'm glad to say that our children ask bold and brilliant questions i only hope they first ask you and you try to reason out with them or instead of telling them go and ask your children church teacher uh, last time we had a question if god is so loving why he did not why did he send jesus to come and die why he himself did not come and die these are the questions from your children have you heard it i want you to sit with your children we have answered them the children teachers have answered them but they are such bold and brilliant questions you don't suppress that voice you try to reason out with them you explain it to them but i expect parents fathers to sit with the children and to reason out with them first before they come to the children church the first synonym for wisdom is discipline the second synonym for wisdom is discernment proverbs one two says for gaining wisdom and instruction for understanding words of insight insight bina is the hebrew word and insight is basically to differentiate the shades of difference the ability when you see a thing you are able to see the finer details my wife can see a piece of art and she can explain the intricate details which i cannot do which i cannot discern at the same time 
I can see a word document and I can discern the punctuation in that document, which she cannot discern. Now we both are wiser than each other in the fields of art and punctuation. Let me give you another example. Now, if there is a music, a music piece, now I will be only, I'll be able to say, hey, it's beautiful, it's wonderful. Now, if Pastor Sunny hears that, he'll be able to tell us the delicate notes behind that music. That is discernment. Discerning, finding the finer details in things that we see. So biblical discernment is important for us. It gives the skill for our daily living. If you want to be wise, we should always recognize multiple options and possible courses of action. We uh, normally, we have, uh, we have all grown up by seeing things as black and white good or bad but we don't proceed beyond that we don't try to discern multiple dimensions as i said your musical note it is good or it is not so good but there are many different dimensions to the musical note in the same way in our life also when something happens it is not either this or that there are ways of looking at an incident. There are multiple dimensions. When you are on a religious note, you will always categorize everything as positive, negative, good, bad, heaven, hell. You, you categorize things like that. But biblical wisdom calls us to look at things in a deeper way, not to categorize people as good people, bad people. Because Jesus clearly said, do not judge. If, you, if, if we want to avoid this, if we don't want to judge people, then we should avoid judging them or classifying them as good and bad. Discernment is the ability to tell the difference, not just between right and wrong, but also among good, better, and best. That is discernment. Bible calls us to grow in our discerning ability. Don't just classify good and bad. Try to see good, better, and best. Good, better, best. Never let it rest till your good is better and your better is best. Now, as Christians, as Christ loved in our hearts grow, then we also grow in our depth of insight, or we grow in discerning capability when Christ's love grows in our hearts. Because in Philippians 1, 9 to 10, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that, you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. So this is how we grow in our 
discernment. Now in Hebrews 5.14, it says, but solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. It doesn't come just like that. By constant use, who have trained themselves. We have to undergo this training, which we saw that in the first place. Discipline involves training and correction. We have to train ourselves to distinguish good from evil. Now, whenever we talk about wisdom, wisdom is not only for individuals. In the Bible, when, when it talks about wisdom, wisdom is not for the individuals alone. When we become wise, it should help our community. See, when Jesus Christ came to this world, he said, the kingdom of God is near. The first thing he does us is he calls us into his kingdom. And in the kingdom, you don't lead an isolated life. You have to live with people of all races, all languages, all groups. How do you live with them peacefully? You need to have wisdom. So wisdom is for community. And how do we do this? We will be able to discern the kind of discernment that Bible talks about. We'll be able to grow in that kind of discernment only when we give up our self-absorbed ego. How am I benefited? How it is going to be helpful to me, me, me. Only when we give up our self-absorbed ego and when we remain sensitive to the needs of others, we grow in discernment. In other words, if I'm for selfish reasons, I'm looking for this discernment, I cannot grow in that discernment. The biblical discernment is always for the community, for the community, for the good of the community. Now, till now, you might have classified people as good and bad, or your situations as hopeless, good for nothing. That's how you might have classified. Shall we pray to God and ask God to give us the ability to see the finer distinctions in the areas that we have not, we have overlooked. It could be in our workplace, it could be in our family, it could be in our community. Can we see things differently from what we have been used to all these days? Instead of saying this person is good for nothing, instead of saying the situation is hopeless, can we see things differently? So I said the first synonym for wisdom is discipline. And discipline involves two components, training and correction. The second synonym for discipline is discernment, seeing the finer details in life. The third synonym for wisdom is discretion. 
Proverbs 1, 3 to 4 says, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the end. Now, the Hebrew words, Haskell is what's being translated as prudent. A prudent behavior, the Hebrew word is Haskell. And if you see, uh, for giving prudence, uh, the Hebrew word is Orma. Now, Orma is basically prudence, shrewdness, and if I use the word that they use, uh, you will not accept it. It's cunning. Uh, the Hebrew word Orma means cunning. Now, whenever we hear the word cunning, we always think it is bad. Because of Genesis chapter 3, the serpent deceived uh, Adam and Eve. We always feel that cunning means it's, it's bad. No, cunning doesn't have to be bad. Cunning can be good also. So we have almost associated the word cunning with evil. So it's going to be difficult. But biblically, when they use the word orma, that's cunning. Uh, it doesn't mean wickedness. And the, the other word, discretion, the Hebrew word is mesima. And if you see all this word, if you see the meaning of all this word, haskal, orma, mesima, it all means to plan and live strategically. We have to plan and we have to live strategically. Now the movement, a person accepts instruction. You know, in the, in the very beginning of the verse itself, it says for receiving instruction. The moment a person accepts instruction or discipline or training and correction, one of the benefit, the first benefit that comes out of it is prudent behavior. The first benefit of discipline is prudent behavior. The, the child or the person should be willing to accept discipline. And when a person accepts, receives the discipline, the first benefit is prudent behavior. Now, this also is going to be controversial for you because the moment we think wisdom, we always take it that it's a holy thing. Wisdom can be malevolent. In other words, wisdom can be nasty and wicked. Why do, we, why do I say that? Wisdom can be nasty and wicked because it is very difficult for us to accept. You can say, Pastor, how do you say wisdom can be nasty and wicked? Any wisdom that does not serve the community or that does not heal the community is nasty and wicked. Any wisdom. I said wisdom is given to us not only as individuals for the good of the community. As kingdom people, we need wisdom. Wisdom for the good of the community. Any wisdom that we acquire, if it's not serve, if it does not serve our community, if it does not heal our community, 
then it is being used for selfish reasons. It is nasty and wicked. Now, you look at this verse carefully. I'm speaking this from this verse. You meditate on this verse more than you'll understand it little more. For receiving instruction in prudent behavior, the writer could have stopped there itself. For receiving instruction in prudent behavior, for, he could have straight away gone for giving prudence. But in between that, he said, doing what is right and just and fair. He qualifies the prudent behavior with these three words, doing what is right and just and fair. Now, what is meant by right? Right is nothing but righteousness. You know, if I say, seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. So that is righteousness, doing what is right, righteousness. What is just? Justice. And what is fair? Being upright, being frank, being transparent, being truthful. So if our wisdom is causing us to hide things, that is malevolent. If our wisdom is causing us to conceal, be secretive, that is malevolent, that is wickedness. If our wisdom is helping us to do what is right, what is just, and what is fair, that is the kind of wisdom that Bible commends. That's the kind of wisdom the Bible advocates. Now, this this quality of discretion, it helps us to achieve our goals. You know, if you don't have discretion, you may have great ideas, but you will not be able to achieve it. Uh, let me give my, my example. I know a person who always, uh, he talked about, he wants to set up a factory. Great. Okay, he only went about talking that one idea he wants to set up a factory. He wants to set up a factory, but he never talked about whether he has the technology, whether he has the land, whether he has the investment, whether he has the marketing space for his product. But he only talked about his vision. His vision was to set up a factory, but he never, he could never accomplish that. Another person said he wants to extract iodine from a plant. In fact, in that plant, the iodine was present. That was his vision. But he never bothered to see whether that is commercially viable, whether the technology is available to extract iodine from that plant. He didn't think about all these things. So his vision only remained in his head. So it is the discretion which makes our visions practical. So discretion helps us not to become overconfident so that we do foolish things or not to become so fearful that we become overcautious. So we don't attempt at all. It is discretion which enables us not only what to do, but also when to do it.
discretion in life is very important because discretion helps us to negotiate through difficult situations to negotiate through difficult people difficult circumstances discretion comes to our help now proverbs 27:14 says if anyone loudly blesses their neighbor early in the morning it will be taken as a curse this was basically says the man has no discretion because even a blessing at the wrong time can have the effect of a curse so we need to have discretion now proverbs 22:3 says the prudent see danger and take refuge but the simple keep going and pay the penalty so it is the discretion which helps us not to walk into the dangerous zone wisdom basically in the bible it helps us to be successful successful you know there are two ways of looking at success success the way the world defines the way god defines success if you are looking if you are seeking the approval of the world uh, then we will only end up with wrong kind of success now jesus christ when jesus when he walked towards jerusalem instead of walking towards jerusalem he could have walked towards jericho he could have gone towards tyre and sidon the world would have appreciated him he was a very wise man there was no need for him to suffer there was no need for him to go to the cross but jesus that is worldly wisdom he could have avoided that painful path and he could have taken his own route that is world the world would have said great great he is our master he is our leader he knows how to handle the situations but the ultimate wisdom can be seen only in jesus christ the suffering servant whose success was absolute because isaiah 52:13 says see here my servant will succeed he will grow in character and reputation achieving high standing and status if we want to grow in our discretion there are two things we need to give up one is our pride and another one is fear if you are fearful we cannot fulfill god's plan for our lives if you are proud we will only pursue worldly success not what god has in store for us i said the first synonym of wisdom is discipline and discipline consists of two components training correction the next synonym the second synonym of for wisdom is discernment seeing the different shades seeing the difference between good better best the third 
synonym for wisdom is discretion. We need to have discretion. So how do we apply this message to our lives? If we want to face our life honestly, because we will have problems, we will have difficulties, we have challenges. If we want God's purposes to be fulfilled in our lives, we need to have wisdom. Without wisdom, we will not be able to see God's purpose being fulfilled in our lives. So wisdom is essential. Wisdom is not just a theoretical knowledge. What I have shared with you is not just theoretical, it's practical. Only a wise person will be able to live his life to its fullest. Only a wise person will be able to do it. So how do we get this wisdom? How do we get this wisdom? So the first thing that we should do is learning should precede discipline, discernment, and discretion. Proverbs 1.5 says, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. Now, can we get wisdom? Can we have wisdom without knowledge? No way. We need to have knowledge to have wisdom. We have to have, we have to be knowledgeable before about a subject before we apply it with the discipline, discernment, and discretion. We have to be knowledgeable. So Proverbs calls those who want to be wise to add to their learning. Let the wise listen. Wise people listen and add to their learning. We need to add to their learning. To be wise, we must understand human nature, the fallen nature. We must understand human nature. Otherwise, we'll be very rough and tough with ourselves and we'll be very rude with others. We must understand the fallen nature of human beings. We must understand suffering and death. You know, we need to understand uh, when persons go through immense suffering, why they go through. We need to understand the reasons. And we need to understand the character of God himself. Otherwise, we will not be able to minister to others. So wisdom is basically combining knowledge and experience. We need to combine both knowledge and experience to become competent with regard to the realities of life. Life is tough. Life is difficult. Life is challenging. So wisdom helps us to make life better. We have to combine both knowledge and experience to become competent. Life 
throws challenges at different stages in our lives. So we need to be, we need to have that wisdom. Now, yes, I want to learn. What should we learn? Because it says, let the wise listen and add to their learning. So there is so much to learn. What should we learn? Learning scriptures enables us to grow in wisdom. If your wisdom doesn't have the backing of the scriptures, or if your wisdom has not come from the scriptures, you need to ask yourself, is it the right kind of wisdom I'm having? To have the right kind of wisdom, we should learn scriptures. Wisdom requires growing in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Only when we grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Christ, we will grow in our wisdom. Now this learning is available in the scriptures. The more the Bible is about Jesus from beginning till the end, it's about Jesus. So it is only as we read the scriptures, we grow in wisdom. Colossians 2.3 says, in Christ is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, let us take the life of Jesus Christ. How did he face his life on this earth? You know, Jesus Christ made his every move or he faced every challenge based on the verse from the scriptures. For example, when he was tempted, he said, Jesus answered, it is written, man should live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus answering wisely. And that wisdom came from the scriptures. So learning scriptures enables us to grow in wisdom. It is not after he was tempted, he was looking for a verse. This verse was already in his mind. He has learned the scriptures, so he faced the temptations. So how do we face trials, challenges, difficulties? It is only by learning scriptures, because only learning scriptures enables us to grow in wisdom. Now, I don't want to give you more examples. This is one example. Let me give you another example. How did Jesus face his death? How did he explain his death? Matthew 27, 46 says, about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What is Jesus doing here? Jesus is just quoting Psalm 22, 1. He's just quoting a verse. It is the most difficult time in his life, hanging on the cross, the pain, the agony that he was undergoing. How did he face that pain and agony? By quoting a scripture. 
Eli, Eli, Lema, Sabakdani, just from quoting a Bible verse. So how can we be wise without being immersed in the word of God? If it was important for Jesus to be immersed in the word of God, how much more important it is for us to be immersed in the word of God. How can we take steps to increase our knowledge of the Bible? If we really want to grow in wisdom, how can we take steps to increase our knowledge of the Bible? We should spend time in studying and meditating on the word of God. If we only read, if we study, it's only head knowledge. It is only as we meditate, as we apply it in our life. All our biblical knowledge is of no use if we have not applied it in our lives. Only what we apply becomes lively. There is life in the word of God and that life comes to us only when we apply the word of God in our lives, not in others' lives. We are very keen sometimes to apply the word of God. We, we, we discipline our children also. You should obey your parents. You know, but the biblical, the wisdom that God wants us to develop or wants to grow is the, the, the wisdom that we have gained applying it in our lives. We might be saying that we are very busy, we don't have time. If you don't have time, the world will always keep you busy. If you value scriptures, if you think wisdom is important for you, if it is more, that is why you have to search for wisdom as though you are searching for gold. If, if wisdom becomes gold, if scripture becomes gold in your life, you will definitely find time for this. So what should we do? The first step we should do is ask God to give us that desire to study the word of God. We need to pray. We need to humble ourselves. Yes, the world will always try to keep us busy, but we need to pray and ask God to help us. So wisdom. So what is wisdom? When you think of wisdom, you should always remember discipline and discipline. When you talk about discipline, you should remember training and correction. You should remember discernment. You should remember discretion. And all this should be preceded by learning and learning the scriptures, knowing the life of Christ, because in Christ, we have all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The more we know this Christ, the more we have this Christ in us, we are also unknowingly growing in our wisdom. Uh, may I request Pastor Prem to pray and continue.